Smith for the TFOM podcast here for season three, episode seven. I have a special guest. If you guys have been keeping tabs on the podcast, this is a return guy. Um, as the Bearcats are about to play Indiana at Nipper Stadium at 3:30 this Saturday for a return match. If you watched the game last year, know that game was maybe a lot closer than that final score. And um, I have my man from Hoosier Huddle, Sammy Jacobs, on the show again today. How are you doing today, Sammy? I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad, man. Uh, like within 24 hours, man, we've seen each other uh, twice, right? But this time I'm, I'm on. You're on my show, and you know, last yesterday I was on you guys' show. So uh, appreciate yeah, you for the quick turnaround and uh, pick your brain about some some Hoosier football. Yeah, anytime. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and, and talking Cincinnati football and stuff like that. So happy to be on. It's the, the fourth podcast I've been on in the, in the last uh, 48 <laughs> hours. So we're, we're getting through it. Yeah, you're, you're the pie king, man. I need to step it up. You step it up and you'd be like you, man. Be requested on your level. Uh, th- three of them were my own. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, man, um, you know, last year it was a heated game. First half, Indiana dominated, missed opportunities. Bearcats caught on fire and were able to pull it off. And obviously the Bearcats made it to the um, college football playoff without beating Indiana. The, Indi- the Notre Dame game doesn't hold as much weight. Um, their AAC conference play doesn't hold as much weight. Um, you know, it's a lot of guys from both teams, even with the turnover, that, will, that have experienced that game. What do you expect, like on Saturday, especially from the Indiana side of things? Uh, well, last year's game kind of was the uh, the pin to the balloon to IU season. Uh, you know, it didn't start off well at Iowa, obviously, but they got back on track against Idaho, and then um, I forgot what you were ranked, but is it like a top ten? Guys might have been number eight or something um, yeah, coming into that so, game. That so it's like a top ten matchup. It was a sold out stadium. It was hot as heck. Apparently, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it was it so hot, hot dude. But it was. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those rare, awesome atmospheres at Memorial Stadium, where if you're an IU fan or, or somebody covering IU, you're like, man, if they win this game, it's a culture change. It's like, okay, how this is. This is what college football is about and big football is about. Uh, Unfortunately, IU lost. Um, It was a close game. And IU had chances early to – you know, it's hard to say that you could put a game away in the first half like that. But IU had a chance to – to get Cincinnati in a in a huge hole, more more than a fourteen nothing hole, uh, yeah. could have been twenty eight or you know anywhere between seventeen and twenty eight, really, uh, and, and it didn't happen. And credit to Cincinnati, they got the the turnovers, they, the fumble recovery, a um, you know an interception, yeah. and uh, it just IU never recovered from that. Um, yeah, and two fumbles down there as well. Yeah, so. Uh, it, it's uh, it, it was a crazy game, and and then uh, you know if it wasn't for a, a long pick down to the goal line, that's a seven point game uh, there for this year. I don't know if there's like a revenge feel going on. Uh, I don't know if I use good enough to say, hey, we're on a revenge tour <laughs> like Michigan was last oh, yeah. year. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's definitely in the back of their mind. Like, hey, we hung with them last year. 
we yeah. were right there and we were one or two plays, you know, one or two play big plays away from, from taking that thing. And I think they feel better about this team this year than last year. I use one, three, uh, three games where they've trailed in the second half. Now you don't want to trail in the second half, but it is a skill to, to come back and feel comfortable in those situations and yeah. feel confident. Um, to have the ability to come back and win. I think they're going there um, you know, with the chip on their shoulder. Uh, I think S&P Plus had IU uh, losing by 22 points. I think the line, when we talked about it last night, was 16 and a half uh, favoring Cincinnati. So, you know, nobody believes in this IU team. Uh, so maybe that gives them a little chip on their shoulder. But it is a – Cincinnati is a good team. Nippert's going to be a, a hostile place uh, to to roll into on Saturday, you know, early evening uh, afternoon. For sure, man. Uh, that game was like very close. It like it changed you guys' season. It changed the Bearcats' season as well. Um, where I think everybody was like took a sigh of, you know, relief. Where it might have been the worst twenty eight minutes of football they played all year, um, just as a team. And, you know, they were able to kind of scrap back and it changed change the trajectory of the season. And it changed you guys. It was crazy, like a seesaw for both teams. Like one went up and the other one went down. And, I mean, even when I saw Indiana having that kind of record, I was like, this team is better than this record they have right now. I saw you guys live, you know what I mean? But injuries took a toll. And that's going to segue my next question as um, Michael Penix isn't there, obviously. And he was the guy – that most people know if they're a light casual fan or a person that just kind of knows a left-hand quarterback that can move and throw a little bit. He's not there anymore. He's at Washington. Um, let, let who, who, who is the new signal caller right now? Who is the main guy? I know you guys have a few injuries, but who is that guy right now that's pulling the trigger? Cause that guy's throwing the ball 45, 50 times a game, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's not what they want to do. Um, they like to keep it, you know, 35, maybe 40 times a game, 30, 35. They don't want to throw it 55 times a game. I think in the opener, Walt Bell said that it, it was like the most passes he's called in his coaching career um, against Illinois. But the Indiana starter is Connor Bazelak. He uh, comes in from Missouri. You know, it's the year of the transfer portal. seems like every year is now the year of the transfer portal. But he was one of the – gazillion quarterback transfers in in fbs he was the 2020 sec freshman of the year he's not as um he's not as fast as michael Penix. um you know Penix is i I wouldn't call him a dual threat guy uh even though he could run and he's fast he was more of a pocket passer who in a pinch can run Mm -hmm. uh but he'd rather stand back there take a hit and sling it yeah. Uh, Connor Basilak is kind of the same way. He can escape the pocket, but he's not going to outrun many dudes. Um, so he, he he has an accurate arm. He throws a catchable ball. He does have a tendency to overthrow receivers a little bit, which scares you uh, <laughs> if you're an Indiana fan because usually uh, if you overthrow receivers in the middle of the field, it's picked off, For sure. uh, especially against a secondary like Cincinnati. Um, you know, other teams have had a couple drops uh, on, on interceptions. It really hasn't bit them yet, uh, but it, it's something. He, he's he's slinging the ball pretty well, um, especially after watching the end of last year, IU, when it was like 
I, I think we could go out there and throw with our other hand and, and be better than IU's quarterback play was last year. But uh, behind him is Jack Tuttle, who hasn't played yet, but that quarterback battle went um, up until two or three weeks left in, in fall camp. So, uh, yeah, Connor Bazelak is the name to know a quarterback. All right, cool. Bearcat fans, you know who to who to keep an eye on. Bazelak is is the man for the for the Hoosiers, and um, you know the Bearcats have a younger secondary this year. I mean, they still have their in class, they're old, but they it's people that haven't played as much. Um, you know, everybody knows who Matthews is. Um, I think he might have had the best game against the Bearcat uh, against the Bearcat secondary of anybody last year. If I'm checking, if I am correct. I feel like Alabama didn't really have a big game. Um, Houston, I don't think anybody, or SMU, I don't think anybody really got over 100 yards. I think he might have been the only guy that went over 100 yards last year, if I'm um, not mistaken. Um, who else is a threat? If you're throwing the ball 45, 50 times, you guys have to have some targets that can possibly make plays. And who should the secondary be aware of besides my man uh, Matthew Jr.? Uh, Cam Camper, he's the leading receiver on this team right now with 23 catches, uh, nearly 300 yards, and a touchdown. He's a junior college transfer uh, from Texas. He's 6'2", 200. Uh, he could run uh, as well, and he could be a, um, a, a deep threat. He's kind of a – you know, he, he's kind of – not the escape valve for, for Connor Bazelak – but he's one of his favorite targets, him and DJ Matthews, who unfortunately blew out his knee after the Cincinnati game. Uh, but, man, that, that was his breakout game at yeah. IU. DJ Matthews has um, 15 catches for 201 yards, uh, two scores. Uh, you also have to keep an eye on uh, A.J. Barner, the tight end, who has uh, nine catches and a touchdown as well. He's a big physical guy. And then there are a couple other – receivers to look out for emory simmons transfer from north carolina uh he could catch the ball well his, his numbers aren't great this year he only has eight catches for 86 yards um and then another one is donovan mccauley uh he's six five he was uh moved over from quarterback after the season last year he figured his path to the league is uh, is the receiver room he's super raw but he is super talented. He had a 48-yard catch and run against Western Kentucky last week. Um, he also had a uh, two-point conversion. He's every bit of six-five. I'm six-two, and we sit. You know, we go to the press conferences and, and after the game and, and the media scrum, and he towers over you. Mm. Um, he he's a uh, uh, with the COVID years. It's his second year playing at IU. So it's what is it a super freshman or whatever uh, they so call he's like it a, now? A red shirt, super freshman, yeah. like red shirt, red, red shirt, red shirt, shirt freshman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's his second year. He could be a sophomore. I don't. Know. Yeah, I know how um, it goes. You know, one of those. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think who, who had the twenty-nine-year-old? Oh, Western Kentucky had a twenty-nine-year-old yeah. freshman punter. So <laughs> yeah, I that's that. always that's always good. Yeah. Um, but he, he's a guy to watch out for. And once he learns the position, he's going to be an absolute stud uh, in there. Uh, IU also has Javon Swinton back from last year. Uh, and then a freshman uh, who only has one catch, but they might start using him more, is Jalen Lucas. Uh, he's a, a true freshman out of Louisiana. Really quick feet, 
really fast. Um, he's kind of small, so you don't really want to expose him to too many hits. But he'll return kicks, uh, some of the kicks, and he'll uh, line up at running back and in the slot. And then finally you have Anderson Kobe, who transferred in from Tennessee. He had his first catch of the year last week. He can get open. He's had trouble catching the ball. Yeah, uh, he's had several drops on open um, on open routes, but maybe the catch last week breaks the seal on that. He he's another bigger receiver um, at six two. Uh, he can run as well, but uh, he he needs to start catching the ball uh, as well. There, I use pretty deep. I would say they're deeper at receiver this year than they were uh, last year. Now Fry Fogel and DJ Matthews uh, were were good. But I I think IU's depth is a little bit better there this year uh, than last year. Nice, nice. Good information. So going, flipping the side of, to the other side of the ball, who, um, you know, not having, you guys don't have McFadden this year, correct? He is in, he's in the NFL. So. um, For the Giants. For the Giants, yeah. So he's was the heart and soul of that team. If you saw that team, you knew it fed from him. Like he was the heart to me, like. Just yep. from outside looking in. Um, who is that guy this year? If you guys have that guy, or is it like a uh, heart by committee per se on the defensive side? Uh, it, it's almost like McFadden transferred his aura to Cam Jones okay. uh, at linebacker this year. Okay. Cam Jones played alongside Mike McFadden last year uh, and, and started, but he, his leadership skills. Uh, really have developed this off season. He's uh, he's a senior. He came back. He's, he's the guy when IU went down against Illinois um, and was down against Western Kentucky, called the team together, you know, said, gave them the, Hey, we're, we're not, we're not losing this game speech when they needed a play made. Uh, he forced the fumble when they need a sack. He's the guy. Um, so he's, like Micah McFadden, except he wears number four and not 47. Okay. Um, he, he, he's the heart and soul of this defense, and it, it rubs off on, on everybody. When they need a play, it's him. Uh, another guy to look out for is his fellow linebacker, Aaron Casey. If you guys don't know the story, he wears number 44 at IU. 44 is a special number. It's George Taliaferro's number, um, who is a legendary player um, uh, on IU's Big Ten title team in 1945. He was the first black player drafted in the NFL as well. College football Hall of Famer. Um, is did a lot of stuff to help integrate Bloomington as well. So if you're a Cincinnati fan and a college football fan and you don't know George Taliaferro, uh, get on the Google machine, search him up. Uh, there's uh, uh, an awesome BTM documentary uh, as well on him. Uh, unfortunately, George passed away in 2018. I, I think he, he, he was in his mid-90s. Oh, wow. But the guy was a legend. So IU this year it started giving out that number 44 to the player who most embodies uh, Mr. Taliaferro. And Aaron Casey was that guy. Um, Casey this year leads the team in tackles for loss with six. Um, he's, you know, just like Cam Jones, he's fast. He could get to the ball. He's good at diagnosing the plays. And he's a fairly – he's a very good tackler. Um, outside of that, you have to look out for, for freshman, Desan McCullough. He's, you guys will 
get used to the name McCullough because you have Dea coming in uh, after this year uh, as well. But this is Dea's older brother. He oh. is modern in the making. He is a freshman. He has three and a half tackles for loss. I, I believe he, he also has three sacks, which um, I think leads the team. He's 6'5", 230. He plays at heavy hands. He's an extremely intelligent football player. Uh, his dad uh, was a coach, uh, Dylan McCullough, uh, coach with IU for a while. He's up at Notre Dame now, was with the Chiefs on, on their Super Bowl run as well. He just know, he has a nose for the ball. He'll play all over the field. Um, and when IU needs a tackle for loss in a pass, pass, um, passing situation, he's the guy who's going to be in there. Good, good nuggets, man. So, like, this year you see is more, honestly, from the first three games, they're a more of a pass-happy team. Uh, they still will try to smash smash the ball and run. I mean, the balance, I feel like, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I feel like we're more like 55-45 right now um, on the run-pass thing, and that's kind of different for, for Bearcats' offense. Um, do you guys – we have some – like, I think even with losing Alec Pierce, I think the receiving core as a whole is better than it was last year, which sounds crazy when you have somebody that gets drafted in the second round. And then um, Michael Michael Young made it to always to the final cuts um, with uh, Indianapolis as well. But do you think your secondary, do you think the Indiana secondary um, can hold up against the um, very explosive uh, Bearcats passing game this year? Yeah, I, you know, Indiana secondary came into the season probably being the strength of this defense. Uh, mm-hmm. You bring back Tywin Mullen, who was a first-team All-American in 2020, the I, I believe the first ever cornerback at IU to become be a, named a, a first-team All-American. Nice. Uh, Jalen Williams is on the other side of that. He's uh, the active leader in interceptions for IU with six. They're right now the trouble in the secondary is tackling and hope. For IU fans, the hope is is that they are early season jitters and then also playing a very funky Western Kentucky offense and, and playing Idaho in a downpour where all these newfound gear, man, it gets wet and it's like catching uh, catching a bar of soap. So <laughs> you, you just hope it was an opener, rain, and Western Kentucky on the <laughs> tackling issues. Uh, but that's where, where they have struggled. Uh, at the safety positions, you have Bryant Fitzgerald, who's uh, you know a four-year, five-year starter. Monster Matthews is uh, the strong safety there as well. He's getting back into the mix of things after missing most of last year with an injury. He missed the uh, he missed the Cincinnati game last year. He got hurt against Iowa, and he wasn't dressed against Cincinnati. And then at that Husky position, which is our IU's hybrid linebacker defensive back, is Noah Pierre, and he'll blitz. Uh, he had a strip sack last week against Western Kentucky. They didn't recover it. It bounced right back to the quarterback because that's how football works. Mm-hmm. Um, and But he, he's a heat-seeking missile. So um, the secondary has some guys. It, if you get past the, the first line, uh, the second line of defense there is a little shaky. Needs some, like you said, with – receivers they're older but they or your secondary they're older but don't have uh, a lot of experience that's uh that's what's happening with indiana's depth they need 
some reps and stuff like that. Some key reserves there are uh, Lem Watt Neely and uh, Christopher Keys. They'll come in and play as well. And then Josh Sanguinetti is kind of your do-everything defensive back. He could play corner. He could play safety. He could play husky. Uh, he's your plug-and-play guy if somebody uh, needs a blow or, or something like that. Nice. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I really want to see how both secondaries do because I know you guys like to throw around a yard. We've been throwing around a yard, which is shocking. But I think it fits the team's skill set this year just because of all the weapons they have, man. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. That's like that's like the main thing I'm looking for, like pretty much all Saturday. Like I'll be locked in on that. But um, you know, I, I said I wasn't going to keep you too long, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll end it. Like my last question is like, what is your prediction for Saturday? And after that, I'll let you you know share you know where they can find your your uh, lovely work at. So yeah, of course. Um, oh, the team with the most points is going to win. <laughs> uh, that's how sports hit, work. Um, hit me with a physical answer. That's yeah, team with the most Joking points. Uh, yeah, um, you know, as I said yesterday with you guys, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be closer than the sports books. And as a, I am not an analytics guy. I, look, I'm a baseball. Yeah. Fan. I hate analytics, um, so <laughs> I don't buy this S and P plus uh, twenty two point spread. Uh, but I think it's going to be a close game. I'll give Cincinnati the edge playing at home. Um, plus, we really don't know what this IU team is yet. Are they the 2020 IU team? Is it the 2021 IU team? Uh, because outside of Illinois they re- and Western Kentucky, I mean, the IU beat Western Kentucky by two points last year. They beat them by three this year. They didn't win a Big Ten game last year, but they beat Illinois in the opener. So it's – Still kind of, uh, you know, as clear as mud uh, for IU. So I'm going to go Cincinnati 31, Indiana 20. Uh, You know, last year's game, red zone efficiency really hurt the Hoosiers. Uh, It it has reared its ugly head again this year. Uh, They they had seven trips inside the uh, red zone last week against Western Kentucky. That should be – 49 points if you're going seven for seven. They ended up with 30. You can't leave 19 points on the field um, and hope to win a lot of games. So, I, I yeah, 31-20, uh, you know, a clo- close game. Maybe uh, a late touchdown seals it uh, or a late field goal seals it. But it, it should be another – I hope it's another good game. Cool, cool. I hope it's good enough. Like – and <laughs> being selfish <laughs> as a person that covers the team and everything is better way win. But I'm going to go with what I said yesterday on you guys' pod, um, 35-17. I just think them playing, having the failures they had against Arkansas is going to come in handy here, being at home, playing that team on the road, knowing that you guys are going to give them the best shot that, they, that you guys have. And I think they're going to play a lot cleaner uh, just being back home because they didn't play clean early against Miami. So I don't think they want to knock on wood. They don't want to have that kind of start against Indiana, just knowing how talented you guys are. They can't take anybody lightly. And you guys have a donut too, man. You got a three and oh, they kind of, I think they want to knock that donut off. So um, give you a crooked, crooked uh, mark as well. But, um, but that's what I'm going with, man. But, uh, I greatly appreciate all your time today um, and yesterday having me on. But let everybody know 
where if they want to know some Indiana perspective from you guys aside, where can they find Sammy Jacobs and where can they find your work? Yeah, we have all the stuff over at HoosierHuddle.com. If you need podcasts, uh, we did a podcast today previewing the game. Yesterday, JT was on with us uh, doing a roundtable, kicking it back and forth uh, as well. So HoosierHuddle.com for that. Opponent previews, we have IU stories as well um, and, and all that stuff. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore, will, uh, at Hoosier underscore Huddle. And uh, just keep coming back. We'll have, um, you know, matchups to watch, keys to the game, uh, all that stuff leading up to the game, and, and a primer for the game. So if you're interested in reading up on your opponent, I, I suggest heading over to, to HoosierHuddle.com. Yeah, guys, make, Bearcat Nation, make sure you guys check him out because, I mean, he does a heck of a job. Good dude. Uh, got to know him over the last, you know, couple seasons, man. Solid guy. And you're going to be in the building on Saturday, correct? Yeah, I, I will. Uh, I will be in the press box. I do the uh, stats for the IU radio broadcast, so I'm looking forward to my first trip uh, to Nippert Stadium as a college football fan. I'm super excited about it, and I, as a college football fan, I want this to be a good game because you know football in Indiana, college football in Indiana needs not just IU and Notre Dame and Purdue. It just needs to build the culture. I am tired of being a college basketball state uh, only. <laughs> I, I, I just love the, the whole sport of college football. And I think having a good game against a regional uh, team, uh, regional old school, regional rivalry uh, as well would be a, uh, would be, a, you know, a step up for, for, for the sport in, in the state of Indiana. Understand it. But I hope, I hope this, this rivalry or this, this mashup, kind of stays together a little bit because i mean i feel like lately um let's shoot the bearcats yeah, give me to the big 12 three directional schools give me three <laughs> directional schools and uh whoever the worst team in the acc uh <laughs> vanderbilt can, uh, no kansas is good now um just That's give crazy. me a direction like kansas school. is legit like i saw Lance that Leopold, Houston, man i'm like what the heck he must be he must got the bag flowing down there and Jeez. well and until he goes to Nebraska, I'm not playing Kansas. But if I was him, I would. The pressure at Kansas and Nebraska is like two different things, man. Like going to Nebraska is like it's almost like um, like the prom date that was like the bomb when you were in high school and you see her yeah, twenty years later, up. right? And she still thinks she's what she was or whatnot. Or the guy essentially thought who who yeah. he was and it's totally different. Can't get their stuff like a time warp. It's like, yep. I mean, Nebraska has been, it's almost like a death sentence as like, a coach. They're almost like IU basketball. <laughs> hey, peaked, in right. the 80, peaked in the 80s yeah. and 90s, had a couple good seasons in 2000s, yeah. uh, and, and have largely fallen off the map. But yeah. um, I'm just, I'm excited for my trip down to Cincinnati. We talked about it yesterday and stuff like that. Yep. So I appreciate you guys having us on and good after Saturday, good luck the rest of the way. All right, cool. Same. I say the same to Indiana. So I was like, after after Saturday, I, I want y'all to win as many games as possible. I want y'all to go to yeah, a nice bowl. It's not at our expense. You got, yeah, you guys could go to ten and two, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go the other direction. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I, I greatly appreciate you. Uh, I'm signing off. This is the end of uh, episode seven of the CFO Land Podcast. Make sure you guys check out uh, Who's Your Huddle, man, for sure. Like, go check that out. Check out the pod I did with them yesterday. 
um, check out all the information because if you want to get some inside info, hit them up and they're going to provide it for you guys. So, but I'm JT Smith and Sammy, thank you so much for being on the pod today, man. I'm signing out, fellas. Yeah, appreciate it.